This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. By the book on BFM 89.9. Hello everyone, you're listening to By the Book. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and as always with me is my fellow constant book clubber Lee Chui Lin. Hello. Today we are joined by Lee Sien Chu, who is a parent as well as a founder of a children's book club. Lee Sien, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, I think children's book club really gives an indication of what it is that you've started. But tell us about it. How did it begin and who is it for? Okay. Um, Mainly, um, it was during the pandemic. Um, my children were, you know, like a lot of other children, they were on a lot on gadgets, on their gadgets. And um, it was very hard for many parents like myself. So I thought, um, I want my children to read more. And my children do read a fair bit. But then um, it's it, the, the gadgets are like always there, you know, they, they compete for their time. So I thought, why not if I started some book clubs, um, maybe if they did it with friends and all their friends were also reading, then maybe it would be easier to keep them off the gadgets. So that's how um, the book club started. And also my daughter, I have twins, nine-year-old twins, and the older twin, the girl, she is a child with Down syndrome. So she actually learned how to read during the pandemic. Um, through a lot of encouragement by her online teachers. And I wanted for her to keep up that momentum. And I thought the book club also would um, benefit her in that way. So I that's why I started the book clubs. And um, basically, they are made up of... Um, kids in my children's class. My, my son is in, was in um, primary four when I started it last year in July 2021. My daughter was in primary three. So we started two book clubs, uh, one for each of them. And then um, also we included, aside from the classmates, some kids that we knew um, also outside of the school, um, maybe children, all friends from play school. So uh, you mentioned your children and I was curious, uh, before we get further into the book club. What kind of readers are they? What do they like to read? Um, okay, my my daughter reads uh, quite simple readers. Um, she started with, um, you know, those kind of uh, reader books, you know, the not very exciting, but they're quite good, like Bernstein Bears, the classic Bernstein Bears, or um, they, there is one um, called, uh, she started, there's one book, I can't remember uh, what it's called, but then they're just easy readers. But my son, he's actually quite um, an advanced reader. So he he was reading stuff like, um, they, there's this series called The Tree House, The 13 Story Tree House. Um, he was reading Captain Underpants, you know, because <laughs> boys, they like all this toilet humour. And then also... Um, he was reading Dogman. So he was reading, he started with reading comics, actually. And I know a lot of parents don't favour comics, but I think it's okay, you know, anything that gets them reading. So getting back to this book club that you started, what are the mechanics of it? How does it work? Okay, because of the pandemic, we started it online. Um, and uh, it, it carries, um, it's carried out on Zoom. So basically, what we do is um, we would read uh, a chapter or two beforehand. The children will get to read a chapter or two beforehand. And then they come to the book club and we still read it together. So we take turns to read aloud. So we practice the read aloud thing. And then I usually find some worksheets. So there are worksheets. Um, you can find them on 
um, sites like Teacher Pay Teachers, Twinkle, you know, they have all these book discussion um, sheets for the particular book you're, look, you're doing. And you can actually, um, they give quite fun exercises. So like, for example, you know, sometimes you can get to draw the character, uh, your favourite scene, and then link it to something in your life. And then they, so children actually are exploring a lot of um, the book in many different ways. And we sometimes, sometimes I also supplement it um, with what I think would be suitable videos. Um, for example, when I was doing the, the, we were doing a book uh, called The One and Only Ivan. And that book actually is about uh, wildlife in captivity, um, in urban in the, in the urban captivity. And, and um, we watched some videos, quite uh, interesting videos by National Geographic on uh, wildlife tourism. And children actually, you know, it's, it was quite interesting for them to see their reactions. Sometimes they go on holiday in Thailand, then go for these elephant shows. So they were like, oh, actually they are tortured, you know, behind the scenes. So that kind of thing, we supplement the reading in, in that manner. And uh, of course, at the end of every book we finish, we try to do an excursion, you know. <laughs> Is it still on Zoom or have you moved on to doing it in person yet? No, we've, we've kept it on Zoom. I think it's easier because it makes um, makes life easier for parents. You don't have to navigate traffic to get to a place. And also, I think it's okay. For this um, book club, I think the format on Zoom is all right because um, there's not that many kids and we, we still get to see each other face-to-face. And there is a certain level of interaction depending on how you um, interact with them individually. Yep. So what are some of the specific considerations that go into creating um, a book club? For, for kids in particular, right? Okay. I mean, you're talking about layering in all these different yes. interactions. Yeah. Yes, I think um, you need to... The most important element, I think, is book selection. Um, actually, uh, the interesting thing is, every if you ask any parent, they will say, I want my child to read. But then most parents uh, don't want to invest in books, okay? But that's fine. There are a lot of good libraries out there also. But at the same time, um, they even if they wa- were willing to pay for the books, they don't really know what to choose. And even for me as a reader and a parent who reads and a parent with children who read a lot and who is aware of children's literature, it's not that easy also. It's... Um, it's a bit of a, a kind of balance you have to find between um, is the book age appropriate? Is the book going to be interesting for, for the modern day child? You know, and then also um, is it uh, going to allow me to discuss you know, a lot of different things with um, them? Is it is it enough layering, like you said? And also, um, I think it's... Uh, and the price, you know, the price point. So... But lately, I think it's not so bad. You know, um, there's been a lot of bookshops that have been offering like um, cheaper versions of certain evergreen type of books that you can um, get for book clubs like that. So I'm glad you talked about book selection because particularly for children, content is so dependent on both their age as well as their maturity level. Uh, And these are also two separate things, right? How do you think about this when determining what to read and who it's for? Okay, um... I would say, um, like for my daughters, I'll give you an example. Like for my daughters' um, book club, they are in a younger age group. They at that time they were between eight to nine, uh, or seven to nine actually, and and they're just uh, early readers. So they need a book with some level of uh, visuals, some pictures, and the book must be. Uh, 
not too many words, but also enough words for it to challenge them a little bit. And and then it must be funny, you know, it must be a little bit funny and engaging. So like like this book, um, we had we 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 use this book, Dory Phantasmagory. It's a very funny book. <laughs> it's about a very uh naughty little girl and she's got a very um very vivid imagination and her brother and sister always don't want to play with her. And this is very relatable for a lot of kids, okay? So they, they love it and she imagines herself, you know, she has a monster friend and then there's monsters around the house and then there is this imaginary witch that is trying to kidnap her. So she has all these funny things, it's all going on in her head actually. And it's very relatable for children of that age. But I think as you grow older, um, children need a kind of, they need um, things, they like things that relate to their interests, so, like, for my son, of course, um, we would pick things that have, uh, you know, stuff like this where, like, you know, life, my life as a YouTuber, okay? Of course, we try to lay, we try to insert some, um, you know, for those kids around his age, we try to insert some books which, let's say, oh, I love animals. Then we, that's why we did my one on I In fact, I got them to vote with a selection of, like, four four books. And then they choose my my, my one and one. Even because they love, a lot of them love animals. So, uh, but of course, you put the the right kind of animal book in there for them to to select the animal book, you know? Yeah, so that kind of thing. I just wanted to say, Lisa's actually brought the books into the studio yeah. and she's flipping <laughs> through them for us as we speak. I kind of wish our listeners could see because they're, they're really interesting looking books. I mean, yeah. um, the view I have, I can see the pages. And it looks, <laughs> it really looks very fun. Um, you've mentioned a few titles. Have there been any runaway hits? Have there been some that people just really loved? Yeah, like for for uh, my daughter's book club, actually we did this Dory book, the first one. It come it's, it's in a series of five books, but then I, I I usually stop at the first book because I tell them, okay, then after that you can buy the whole set if you want and then you read the others on your own. Then we start on a new thing. And then the second book they did was um, uh, The Enchanted Wood by Annette Blyton. Mm. It's a bit of a classic and a, a little bit of a stretch for a modern child to wrap their head around. But I think once you sort of like explain to them a lot of things like the the context in the book, the things in the book, then you use the book as a window to learn about other things like what kind of uh, flowers are in the you know English countryside, what kind of uh, fruits, what kind of food do they eat, why are they moving to the countryside, you know, and what are these uh, things, these lands that they go to, you know, how interest, discuss it, like how if you went to the land of take what you want, what would you take, you know, that kind of thing in the land of birthdays, what would you, what would you ask for? So you, if you relate it to something that they are experiencing, then I think it's okay, even if it's a really old book. Oh, Land of Take What You Want takes me back. Yeah. <laughs> Enchanted Wood was one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah. So it's that, that kind of thing, right? Um, yeah, so... so um, and and I think, um, like, the other one, um, for my son's one, I think currently we're doing Matilda. And Raul Dahl, actually, um, a lot of people think, oh, Raul Dahl is very, it's a very good book for children and they buy all these books for their child. But Raul Dahl is actually very complex. Quite dark. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's very complex. And actually now rereading it with, with uh, a group of kids, I can see that, um, yes, you could actually uh, finish the whole book by skimming through it. But actually, you wouldn't get a lot out of it. 
and 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 children don't really know a lot of the the cultural context and a lot of the things that are mentioned in the book. They do not understand it if like like the peroxide, uh, you know the, uh, the yeah. you know the, the the platinum blonde man how she plays a trick on her dad and he dyes his hair with the bleach, right? But you know, people like, what is bleach? You know, they don't know actually. What is a, what is a brog? You know, like, what is this? What is a bonnet? You know, that kind of thing. So, actually, you have to explain a lot of things to them. And a book club actually allows you to, uh, okay, I'll show you this is what it looks like. Um, okay, and then the, the, the villain, you know, she, she throws the, she throws, she likes to... Um, I think she throws the shop part or something. So yeah. you have to show show them, you know, what it is like. So they, the hammer, yeah, she throws the hammer. So they don't know actually. We assume that children know when they read, but it. But if you take them through it in detail and you explain a lot of things, they will get like so much more of the book, and then they kind of it creates a lot of sticky factor to the reading habit, and then they will like they're very interested to know, yeah. We're speaking with Lee Sien Chu. She's a parent as well as the founder of a children's book club. Let us know, um, have you ever been in a book club? And what are your favourite children's books? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Buy the Book with Sharmila and Lynn. And today we're joined by Lee Sien Chu, a parent as well as the founder of a children's book club. Um, we've been talking a lot about, um, I think, the, 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 the fun aspects, the titles. I wanted to get at something that perhaps is a little bit difficult for us to admit. Reading isn't necessarily everyone's favorite activity. Um, do you get a lot of reluctant readers coming in at first? Yes. Uh, we started with, uh, I think, three quarters were reluctant readers. And um, of course, they needed their parents to push them to join the book club. Um, they were all reluctant readers. And we all also, I also didn't know what to expect, you know. Um, but I think um, it's very interesting because one year down the road, um, they're still showing up. And they show up on their own. You know, nobody forces them to sign in. They'll come at the designated time, at the, that time of the week. They will sign in on their own. So I think there must be something that they find that is uh, interesting for them. Um, and I think uh, a lot of them started as reluctant readers. But now um, now that they've seen that books, I think, can be not only uh, reading in itself uh, for the information, but also for enjoyment and reading as a window to other things that you want to learn, you know, about... Uh, like in Matilda, they, she talks about all these books that take you to different countries, you know. So that kind of a window into something else, a window into learning about life outside of your country, life uh, or life that is like yours, but not quite kind of thing. So they, they um, yeah. So now actually we have a lot of readers. I find that even their reading aloud has uh, improved. They actually are reading better um, with more expression. And also, um, a lot of them are reading uh, ahead. Last time I couldn't, last time I said read one chapter, some people, oh, I didn't read the chapter. But now people are like, Auntie, why are we doing this now? We, <laughs> I finished the whole book already, or I finished until this chapter already, this page. You know, and some of them now have, um, they found their genres that they like and they're reading other things now. So we've covered things like we've covered um, fiction, we've covered comic books, 
uh, I'm trying to this year trying to introduce some historical fiction, maybe a little bit, and uh, some graphic novels. You know, like like Raoul Dahl. You know, he's got witches, but then witches the graphic novel is actually quite good. Um, so that kind of thing, yeah. For me, when I was growing up, reading was a very solitary activity. Uh, I didn't know a lot of my friends who read for fun. Um, I didn't grow up in a reading family. Uh, what's the value of reading as a social activity? Because I think that's the beauty in part of a book club, right? You're yes. reading it together. You can yes. discuss it together. Uh, could you talk to us a bit more about that? Yes, I, I think uh, reading together as a group um, is is really good um, because even for very good readers, you know, like my son, he's a good reader, but he doesn't really discuss uh, what he reads. I don't really know what he gets out of it and whether he's really a critical reader or a skimmer. But then when you are in a group, you um, it's kind of like a safe space for children to share their thoughts about different things. Um, like, for example, there was very funny, like uh, two weeks back, we discussed um, this chapter on... Um, in uh, this thing in Matilda, we did a worksheet on that. We said, oh, you know, um, you know, ma- these characters in Matilda, they, they face so many challenges, like the Bruce Boktrotter chapter, you know, <laughs> where he, he, he has, he's forced to eat the chocolate cake, right? Yeah. And he's, he's really getting bullied by Miss Trunchbull. And um, she, so we asked them, you know, like in your life, have you been bullied or what other challenges do you have? I, I was so fascinated because actually maybe people don't really ask children that. People just assume that these are your challenges, you study and then, you know, homework is hard. But actually they were like, yeah, you know, I I, I have trust issues, you know, I have, uh, I, I find it, um, people don't really listen to me, you know, that kind of. So they were all sharing with each other. And then I think it surprised, um, it kind of surprised uh, themselves as well because they were like, oh, my friend actually feels that way, you know. So it's kind of like a safe space for them to share and even sharing things we don't know, asking questions and then realising that, hey, actually, like, you know, five other people don't know this thing as well. And and and, and then now auntie's explaining it to us, yeah. Is it important for parents to also be involved in, well, firstly, in reading uh, and reading what their kids are reading? Um, I think that would be ideal, um, that would be the ideal situation, but I wouldn't uh, fault uh, any parent who who uh, also doesn't do that because I think it's hard, um, especially now post-pandemic, a lot of parents are really busy and I can sense that sometimes uh, children do wish that uh, their parents would read with them, but at the same time, um, it, it's tough for parents and, and, and I think as a parent... You need to have had examples of this in your own life to really do it also. It's not that easy. But we try to involve the parents. We have WhatsApp group for the WhatsApp groups for the book club where at the end of every session I do share like, oh, today this is the chapter we discussed and these are the themes that went in the chapter and this is these are the videos that we watched and these are the worksheets that we did and these are some of the drawings or the writing that some of the children did and then then parents get an insight also. And in a way, we are bringing them along with us on the journey with the book. And of course, for parents who actually read the book with the child, they, they'll get more out of it because they can discuss these things. But then even if you are not a parent that is um, able to do it, it's fine. At least you... Um, for me, the thing I, I value the most is parents who encourage children to show up. You know, to show up and to do the work. Do, do, because sometimes like doing worksheet writing... 
is it also takes stamina, right? You have mm. to sit down and think about what's the answer and write it out. Or sometimes if they don't know, I, I give them something and they copy. So it, it takes, especially like my um, children of my uh, my daughter's age group or someone like my daughter, you know, it's very hard for her to write long sentences. So it kind of takes a lot uh, out of them. But I always, um, we use the book club to emphasize that, hey, you know, uh, doing dif- you can do difficult things. You can do difficult things, and if you overcome this, it's good for you. You know, the more you do, the 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 easier it will get. Yeah. You've spoken about the stuff that you have introduced. You've also mentioned some genres that you're looking to introduce mm-hmm. over time, right? Including things like historical fiction. What is the value in reading widely and with variety from a young age? Mm, I think um, I think it's important uh, to to sort of expose children to many different things. Um, Because I think if you tend to only read one genre or you are partial and your parent is partial to one genre, you are kind of like a shortchanging the the child in a way. Um, And and I think, for example, you, you... you know, as as a reader, also I there are certain genres I've tried, but I don't really I'm not really into it. And if you if you force a child to go down that road, like say they don't really like this kind of inner blighten fantasy thing, and you keep kind of like forcing them to do, then that's how you put the child off reading. And I think uh, like you no know, you no know, uh, even graphic novels, uh, comic books, if they are well written, I think there's no harm. You know because. Because as it kind of like it's like a doorway for them to enter it, and then later when they're ready, they will go into other things that you know are, are like what you term as like seriously good <laughs> books with literary merit, right? Yeah. I think when we look at what people generally gravitate towards, even as children, some people gravitate more towards fiction, others prefer non-fiction. What qualities does each of these offer to how children learn, understand, and grow? Okay. I think uh, I think fiction is very undervalued in the parenting circle. Uh, people, if they if they see a book and it's the same price, if it's a non-fiction book like some National Geographic almanac or some Atlas thing or some reference book, the parents sometimes t- the tendency is for most parents to go for that, you know. But that is just one type of uh, reading right material and it's just to get information you are not uh, it's not really opening up a child's imagination or teaching a child to uh, you know sort of uh, creative things or even to to uh, observe creative writing you know to actually be exposed to creative writing right and and when you grow older essay writing and and how you differentiate yourself, you know, even in your responses to things at school or at work, it comes with a level of creativity. And I think that's where fiction has a lot of value and people don't realise that. And fiction gives you a lot more, um, gives you a lot of windows into other things um, and into how other people live. It gives you uh, windows into problems that other people have, how they've overcome it, you know. Like this, like for example, the other day, I haven't read this book yet, but I found this. It's so interesting. It's like, um, it's written for children. It's called The Night Diary. It's about the partition. Oh, I've heard about this book. Yeah. I've been wanting to read it. Oh, fantastic, right? I mean, I haven't read it, but I'm so, uh, I'm so like intrigued by it. And then even this one uh, called uh, The Year of the Dog by Grace Lynn. It's a series of three books. She 
she's an American Chinese writer, she always tends to write things from her, her point of view. So it's all about all this. It's very funny and quirky. It's about a little American Chinese girl who is feeling like, you know, she wants, she doesn't know what she wants to do and then she doesn't really totally feel represented. You know, like when she, she starts in the school play, she has to be some... Uh, munchkin or something in the Wizard of Oz and she's like you know I'm a Chinese I'm Chinese you know everybody's gonna laugh at me and say who has have you ever seen a Chinese munchkin <laughs> you know that those kind of kind of problems that children um, like Asian children have you know with representation there's very little books that are written um, with protagonists that are like Asian kids so I think it's um, it's nice to have that kind of variety for children yeah you mentioned earlier that if you're not careful, if you're too pushy, and this is very understandable, mm. you put your child off things entirely. But on the other hand, um, I guess the question is, how can you gently encourage children to read things that they might not be most immediately interested in, right? Mm. Like, what is, a, what is a good way of going about that? I think uh, reading to a child. Because um, I, for me, I started reading to my children at a very young age, like when they were two. Um, so it's always a bit time and then they choose two or three picture books and we read them together. Sometimes I do not think they totally understand everything I read, but they value the the time that you you sit down and you are you are bonding with them and you're doing something together. That's what they really love actually. So when you start that actually people say, Oh, you know, I don't have time to do that. Actually, yeah, children, I think even 10 minutes is, is actually, you know, you will surely have 10 minutes. You just sit down and just read a few pages. Even if you don't finish that book that night, you say, oh, okay, you go to sleep now, tomorrow we continue. So so um, I think reading to a child actually uh, creates kind of like uh, a very nice sensation that children look forward to. And then they associate those good feelings with books. And then that's how like um, I think books become very important to them, you yeah. So what's next on the book club list? What's next? Um, like I mentioned to you, I we recently, uh, because my daughter is a child with Down syndrome, so we I, I was speaking to some older parents, you know, and, and um, I didn't know also what was everybody's reading level at that time. I just assumed that it was uh, more or less like around my daughter Isha's uh, reading level. But these older kids, uh, about 13 to 15, um, they are actually, um, they are also a little bit, behind in their reading but I would say I would not say behind but they actually they don't have um, so much to engage um, them you know because um, when you're younger you know you have all these um, kind of like uh, kindergarten programs and early intervention but when the child gets older sometimes special needs children in our country there's very little um, sort of um, activities to stimulate um, you know them or to help them uh, pursue certain interests um, and actually I think they are they are good readers it's just that they never had a platform so together um, now every week we meet on Mondays also at seven and they 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 get together and it's very nice to see because they actually want they want the friendship also you know the social aspects of it they're like hello hello and then they all read together they're a bit competitive you know you see who copies the answer faster you know that thing, and then they they do drawings, and a lot of it has been very amazing. You know, and I, and you really get um, through these exercises also. I think with children, uh, with this group, and for my other groups as well, I can see how how children what's inside their head actually. You know, how they're thinking about something is is very fascinating. Yeah. So, I guess um, 
the question also is whether you then have plans to expand or to get other parents on board. Is this going to be um, a, a book club conglomerate? Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, I would love to do more book clubs, but I don't have the bandwidth because even uh, I'm also a full-time mom and I work from home. I do writing from home. But at the same time, it's, I'm very passionate about this. And that's why I wrote an article about it, um, about how I started the book club. I gave people lots of tips about it. Um, but I do know that it is actually, um, it's hard. Like, it takes a kind of certain kind of dogged parent who will start it because it involves a lot of commitment. You know, I, I've, we've, I've kept these clubs going same time every week and I, as far as possible, we never, we try not to cancel. People go on holiday, some people miss here and there, but then they always catch up and then uh, wherever I can, it keeps going and it's been happening for one year now and I'm very proud of all of them and also um, uh, I'm happy that I've managed to do so. But at the same time, uh, I hope that other parents uh, can group Form little groups, at least, maybe. It's not that difficult. Uh, if you get the right worksheets, um, you know, you can, you can always um, um, sort of contact me. I can, I can suggest and then get the right books. And then you can actually um, sort of get discussions going. And if you have older children in your family, you can get them to do it like a project, you know. Um, but also, there are other options now. I, I have signed my son up for a couple of things. Um, on an, I'm not sure whether I'm allowed to say the name of the online platform, but there's an online platform for kids and they, they actually have, um, they offer, they do offer some book clubs like summer school or some weekly, like you do it for six weeks. Every week you go and then you discuss the book with that, that, uh, that teacher and, and there are some online options if you look out for them. And I think there are certain books, small independent bookstores that do run some book readings or something like that. So you can actually search and find. Well, if you can't, then just start your own, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How can people get in touch if they either, you know, want to join the book club or start their own? Yeah, you can. Um, the joining, I don't know, there's no more space, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and I've got a bit of a sm small little waiting list. But um, you can contact me at my email. Um, it's lisian, L-I-H-S-I-A-N, at gmail.com. Um, I've, I've offered, I've given people some suggestions and some um, books to start with. And I'm happy to handhold people. Uh, uh, yeah, you know them through the beginning of it. You know, I think once you start, you will get the momentum, and once you you see the results, it's very rewarding. So you you will feel like you will have that encouragement to to carry on. I think we're speaking with Lee Sien Chu, who is a parent as well as the founder of a children's book club. Let us know: Are you a fan of being in a book club? What are some of your favourite children's books? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. to footnotes, Lee Sien is um, sticking around with us because we thought we'd close off the conversation by just doing some children's book recommendations. Uh, it felt appropriate for the discussion before. Uh, Lynn, do you want to kick things off? Sure. I only have one, actually. And um, I mean, I was running through all the various ones we've talked about. Uh, Lee Sien covered a number of good, you know, Rod Dahl in particular, I grew up reading. But 
I don't think I've talked about childcraft before. Mm -hmm. And when I think about what I really grew up reading, what was the thing that um, kept me off the television during school holidays, it was actually childcraft. I don't know if it's still a popular... I don't know if it's still a popular encyclopedia anthology, but it was basically at the time I had 12 volumes and each volume was dedicated to a different thing. So there were ones that were dedicated to stories from other countries, um, arts and crafts. So um, I don't think my parents were happy that it introduced me to papier mache. But, you know, but nonetheless... <laughs> There's always one book, right, that teaches you to mess up the house. Ah, put some... Put some flour in a stove, on a stove with some water, you get glue, <laughs> you know, all these things. But um, it taught me a lot. And, and I think that looking back now, I, I understood each volume as an introduction. I mean, Lisa and earlier used the word window a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and it really felt that way to me that the uh, volume about geography helped me understand what Antarctica was. Mm-hmm. Um, the others introduced me to fairy tales. There were loads of crafts. So uh, origami, papier mache, mm-hmm. um, just all sorts of things. It got more complicated as the volumes went on. So um, I don't remember the mathematics volume very fondly. But the point <laughs> is that I don't think every child is as nerdy as I was to enjoy <laughs> an anthology of encyclopedias. Um, I don't know what the modern equivalent of it would be for a modern yeah. child reader, but I loved it. I mean, and, and I think that if your child is so inclined, actually, encyclopedias are kind of great. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, actually it's such an interesting recommendation because I also was a similarly nerdy kid who had, who like was excited to receive these like multi-volume exactly. or like this compendium of knowledge kind of books. Yeah. <laughs> um, and bit, with the internet, I don't think that that's perhaps necessarily as fascinating, yeah. which is a bit of a pity because I think discovering it through the book is a very different experience. My recommendations are both fiction. One is a picture book. It's uh, Cinnamon by Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. illustrated by Divya Srinivasan. And I think the reason that one appeals to me so much is because especially with picture books, it's only very recently that you get, well, Indian kids, I mm-hmm. guess. And I loved the story of uh, an Indian princess with her tiger. And I think, um, as you said, if your child's still requires some illustrations to help them along their reading. This is a great one. Honestly, I'm an adult. I love the illustrations anyway. Um, and the other recommendation is just an author, one of my favorites. I've recommended her so many times, Diana Wynne-Jones. Mm. Um, and I think because she writes books um, mostly for middle grade readers, but she does have titles like uh, Earwig and the Witch, for instance, which are for younger readers. Such diversity of speculative fiction. And I think if your kid naturally gravitates towards those kinds of topics, she's a great, um, great author to get hooked on to. Lisa, I'll let you close off with your recommendations. Yes, I also love Diane Jones. Um, and and I think um, one uh, I, I would recommend um, the books that we've done in the club. For example, um, Raul Dahl's Matilda. I really like it, and and I'm I'm beginning to uh, see more things out of it, and it's. And um, a very interesting thing about it is very well written, and uh, people uh, underrate that. You know, it's really well written, and it has. He uses so many literary devices that you can actually highlight to children. You know, all the things that you learn in a literature writing course, you you will see in his books. And also, I think the fact that it has a movie tied to it is actually fun for the and kids. And now a musical, and a musical. coming too. Yeah, oh, 
yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Netflix is doing the, the the screen version of the stage musical. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So they'd be very excited. And sometimes we do film and book comparisons. And then they will be able to tell, hey, how come the film doesn't have this part? I say, yeah, because in the film, these are the considerations. And that, and then uh, also this one, um, uh, two more. This one is the one and only Ivan, you know, um, uh, by Catherine Applegate about the gorilla. It's actually loosely based on a real story of a gorilla that was uh, captured and then he was brought up in the mall zoo. So it really uh, it, it brings up the topic of wildlife in, in captivity. And at the end of it, we went to the zoo and we, we looked at the zoo. You know, we, we, we discussed, you know, is a zoo uh, really a good thing or not? You know, and why, uh, what are the pros and cons? And then also wildlife tourism. So it allowed us to discuss a lot of topics. So liking animals, then we take it to another level. And of course, this book... Uh, uh, that I talked about earlier, Dory Phantasmagory, very funny, very very funny book. Even as an uh, adult like us, we when I read it, is you can really laugh out loud. You know that cover is making me want to have a copy. Yeah, I know you should get a copy. It's very funny, and then you know reading this chapter now about how she pretends to be a dog and her name is Chicken Bone. You know, <laughs> you know it's just so it's so funny. You know, it just gets it just grabs you in the in the gut, and this um, I love this book and. And I, all children I know who have read this also, they really love it and they relate to it a lot. Yeah. Lysian, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you very much, Shamila and Lynn. Thank you for having me. Let us know, um, what are your favourite children's books titles? Recommend them to us. We'd love to check them out. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.